Good afternoon. It's another lovely day here in Cornwall from where I'm recording this. The last time I sent you a message, I was in Iraq, and I, instead of talking about Iraq, which would be the logical thing to do, I talked about Gaza. And again, I'm going to talk about Gaza. The last podcast I did on this subject created some strong reaction, particularly from one or two people in Israel who felt I had not expressed myself correctly when I talked of the Gaza situation, that I had not expressed enough sympathy for the children of Israel and the terrible situation that had happened. Believe me, my heart bleeds. My heart bleeds for what has happened to so many of my dear friends who have been traumatized by this, the events of October 7th. And I was listening to some of the stories, particularly from a hospital worker who talked of some of the children who had come back from Gaza, who had been held hostage in Gaza, and how blank they were, how they found it difficult even to get up off a chair like little old people. And I can imagine the trauma of meeting war and losing your parents and that terrible brutality of that raid on October 7th. But Gaza, too, is facing trauma on trauma on trauma, and many innocent lives are being hurt, innocent lives. And I realize the call in Israel is for stronger retribution, and that is the pressure that the government of Israel is under, because many Israelis regard this as an existential threat, what happened on October 7th. Now, the fact that Gaza has been confined as a prison for decades does not elude them, but somehow they do not think of it. I think in many senses, the Palestinians have become dehumanized, particularly the Gazans, and therefore the natural sympathy that we might otherwise feel if we were Israelis, we are inured to by the threat that Gaza represents. However, there are a lot of questions here, questions that need answering and must be answered and need to be answered now. What is the future of Gaza? What is the future for these poor, unbenighted people? And one future I know that some have advocated is actually the ethnic cleansing of Gaza, the removal of all Gazans from Gaza. And I hope that's not your daydream. But if it is, let me say quite clearly that it is not an option. It's not an option because it simply can't happen. The more than two million people and what the population of Gaza is, is anybody's guess, of course. I mean, people bandy around figures of 2.3 million, 2 million, 300,000. Nobody knows. Uh, you can find those people to south Gaza, south of Wadi Gaza, then it'll be the most densely populated place on earth. I don't know. Well, arguably, I suppose there might be city centers in Tokyo and so on that are more densely populated, but certainly it will be pretty tight. The future of Gaza. What future? There are those that bandy around the idea that the existing Palestinian authority could somehow take command after Israel. Well, that's a non-starter, at least in its present form. The present Palestinian authority has not the strength or indeed the capacity to run Gaza, I don't think. So I genuinely believe that you need a strong Gazan who is non-Hamas and whom is respected by the Israelis to actually 
look after Gaza. I can't see anybody but Mohammed Dahlan. He was much disliked when he had his death squads in Gaza years ago and um, Arafat's time. But one can but hope that he has matured. He was a young man then. He's from southern Gaza. He has some that like him. He has a client base in southern Gaza. He lives in the Emirates. He has access to substantial Emirati backing. I can't see anybody else. Show me somebody else. I mean, there are other Gazans of prominence, but they're too old, like Nabil Shah, a wonderful man, but too old and not ruthless enough. No, Gaza will have to be run by a Gazan, and there is no other choice. Mohammed Dalhan backs a government of technocrats for Gaza. Fine. With him in the background, fine. You can't get rid of Hamas, by the way. Uh, Hamas is very popular, and much of the population of Gaza not out of affection for Hamas, but because their backs are against the wall, will support Hamas. But you can perhaps bring in Mohammed Dahlan and allow him to recruit Gazans to his own force that will establish stability in Gaza. I think that's the only possibility for the future of Gaza. You're not going to get an international force. That's a ridiculous idea. What, you're going to get American troops on the ground? Israeli troops and soldiers are not going to stay there. They sit within their tanks when they go through Gaza. Believe me, it's very difficult. How are they cleansing Gaza, getting rid of the tunnels, and fighting Hamas is hugely difficult. But you can bring in a Gazan to run Gaza. The future of Gaza. Let's talk about the future of peace. Many people think that we have an opportunity for peace between Palestine and Israel, and we do. We have an opportunity for peace. I mean, there were great opportunities in the past that have been squandered. Why River? I go back to it, which was the next stage phase in the Oslo process, when Clinton and Netanyahu were hand in hand with Yasser Arafat and had a chance at peace, but Netanyahu pulled out and didn't implement Wire River, despite the fact it being an international agreement entered into by Israel. Israel does not necessarily honor its international agreements, and in this instance it did not. Very unfortunately, because had Wire River been implemented and the decisions involved which were moving in the right direction, then we might not have had much of the trouble we're going to face now in the West Bank and ongoing dealing with Gaza, and we might have had a better future. And there were opportunities since Wire River, great opportunities, that have been squandered by the Palestinian leadership who didn't have the schutzbar to, to take it on the chin and run with the opportunity that was presented to them. But there is a chance for a peace process now. It's very difficult because America is uninterested because it's election year. My hope is that Biden might make it a crusade with Blinken and his team and actually push something through because it's election year in America. It's election year in America. It's same Similarly, in the UK, we're in election time. And we do realize, all of us that are thinking people realize that we're going to be faced with a new Anglo-American alliance a year down the line with Donald Trump as US president and Keir Starmer as British prime minister. And it'll be difficult to initiate a credible peace process uh, with the good auspices of Donald Trump. But it is a time when peace could come forward. And it hasn't always depended on America. 
a better peace. I mean, remember Madrid. I know the Spanish now are persona non grata in Israel since the Spanish leader has so supported Gaza and accused Israel of war crimes. But I'm just mentioning Madrid because that was a non-American-led process. And Oslo was not American-led. Oslo, as you know, was kind of quasi-independent Norwegian and the rest. So things can happen without America. Who could be a broker? I don't put it past Qatar, you know. Qatar has done great work. Saudi Arabia, if she'd man up. I'm not sure Saudi Arabia would take the risk. Maybe an independent country like Switzerland. I say Switzerland because it's one of the few country nations in the world that keeps sending its diplomats into Gaza and keeps some, makes an effort. Even Norway again. Norway's respected. I'm not sure it's respected enough by Israel, but it's possible. But we need we need everybody, all hands to the wheel. We need everybody to try and promote a peace process because we cannot allow this to go on. There has to be a peace process. What's the alternative, by the way? You know what the alternative is. It's a one-state solution. And there is growing support for a one-state solution in Israel and in Palestine. And a one-state solution means what? Israel would annex the West Bank, that you have, in effect, an apartheid state. I know people are horrified to hear that phrase on the lips of anybody that believes in a better future for Israel. I believe in a better future for Israel. I am pro-Israel as well as being pro-Palestine. And you can be both pro-Israel and pro-Palestine. And you should be if you are a person of good conscience in this world. Yes, I mean, it's possible to imagine i mean israel as a kind of colonial power ruling the west bank and gaza and taking dominion over its subject population the palestinians and taking responsibility for a better life for them i mean it's what colonial powers do britain may have done very badly in india but it and it was quite ruthless in india but it certainly tried to make life better for the indian population and that's what's lacking at the moment that traditional colonialism so israel has to become a colonial power with a one state solution which means you're paternalistic and caring or there has to be a two-state solution. This is all there is. These are the only two options. You want the status quo? More misery and misery for Israel, for the children of Israel and the children of Palestine years and decades and decades down the line, like it has been? What's the point? One of the things we do need is a better Palestinian leadership. We are going to see the end of Netanyahu. Benjamin Netanyahu is in his last days of his government. It will last until an Israel election. It cannot last beyond. <coughs> Benjamin Netanyahu is a busted flush because he allowed October 7th to happen. It is clear now that there were warnings about October 7th, cogent warnings. And Israel dismissed them as incredible. That, I mean, non-credible. Israel was warned, did know. And Israel did not believe that it was possible and just dismissed them. That's the Minister of Interior knew. Benjamin Netanyahu knew. These people knew and dismissed the warnings. Extraordinary, don't you think? However, we cannot now go on with the current Palestinian leadership if we want 
a genuinely good peace process. Why? Because Abu Mazin is too frightened to deliver peace. So you need uh, somebody who is courageous as the overall Palestinian leader. I still believe Marwan Barghouti, who is the Nelson Mandela of Palestine, would be the man. And I think we have the opportunity, if Hamas agreed to ask for his release, uh, they decided against it, ostensibly because Egypt asked them not to. Well, what a joke. It wasn't Egypt. They were frightened of releasing Marwan Barghouti because he's too popular. He is, as you know, accused on seven charges of murder, I think. But you also know that, well, the process of the trial was a little questionable. Sorry, don't mean to question Israeli justice, but you know. He is popular in Gaza. That's why Hamas took him off the list for Gilad Shalit, because he is too popular. He would threaten their popularity. Well, you want an alternative to Hamas? Come on, release Marwan Barghouti. Hamas actually should have the moral courage to put Marwan Barghouti on the list. Uh, Israel has released, by the way, people who are killers. They, uh, they've just released a lady who... Uh, knifed a soldier as one of the first Israeli prisoner release releases. So that's not the issue. The issue is, I guess, everybody's frightened of Marwan Baghouti because of his popularity. Well, come on, we want a chance to resolve this thing. And by the way, Marwan Baghouti is a backer of passive resistance, not violence. And at least that has been very much his agenda since he's been in prison. So that's my opinion. The other thing is, what if you can't negotiate a peace? We must have an imposed solution. I've said this before. If you can't negotiate a peace, you have to have an imposed solution. An imposed solution means imposing a solution on Israel's terms. Horrified at that idea, are you? I'm sorry. We need a solution that is something we can run with. We can sort out the rough edges later. But we need a Palestinian state recognized by the state of Israel so that people can take responsibility. I mean, if you make Gaza a prison and run your own police state in the West Bank, what do you expect? You want Israel has to recognize a state of Palestine they can deal with or annex the West Bank and Gaza and deal with themselves. And if you're going to recognize a state, if negotiations fail, then impose a solution on your terms, and then we'll sort it out. But there has to be a Palestinian state recognized by Israel. We want a new Middle East. We want a Middle East in which Israel and Palestine are shining gems, and that can enable people to people people to be part of the brotherhood and sisterhood of mankind the people can be a one family in the middle east an end to this hostility time for a new middle east is now time for a better tomorrow is now and it means forgiving your enemies it also means you can't be too paranoid about seeking justice. There will never be justice for those that have lost family members or dis been displaced from their homes or suffered fear and trauma. No, you have to. Justice has to take a back seat. What you can back is fair play, honest fair play from this point forward. And that is worth fighting for and believing in. Thank you.